Welcome back to Fit Body Happy Joints. My name is Shannon, and today I am joined by Catherine Andrew. Catherine is a registered functional dietitian. I always mess that up. It's functional registered dietitian, isn't it? Like that. There's no official, but you're good. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Okay. All right. Functional registered dietitian. And she has programs on Evlo. And the reason that I'm bringing her on the podcast today is not only is she a wealth of knowledge, but we've had two nutrition podcasts recently by two different experts. One was the first was Ben, Dr. Ben Bickman. And we talked all about insulin resistance. And in that podcast, we ended up getting into fasting and carbohydrates and things like that. And then last week we had Dr. Stacey Sims, who is also a PhD. And she kind of went the other way. And we were talking about how to fuel how women should fuel around their training. And she is not a huge fan of fasting or low carbs. So I think, you know, the audience was left a little confused. What do we do with all of this information? And, you know, me, I never like to give nutrition advice, but I wanted to bring Catherine on today to kind of just have a discussion about these two podcasts and what you can take away from it and how you can apply this information to your body. Because Catherine not only is an expert, but she has worked with hundreds, right? Hundreds of people at this point, thousands, probably thousands, right? Thousands of people. And so we know that, you know, there maybe isn't one cookie cutter way that everyone should approach this. So welcome to the podcast, Catherine. Thanks. I'm so glad to be here. And I always love um, our banter, Shannon, and our conversation. So yeah, I'm excited to get into it. Yay. Okay. Well, let's dive in. So Um, Dr. Bickman and Dr. Sims have, like I said, very opposing views on nutrition and specifically when it comes to fasting and when it comes to carbs. So can you kind of share your experience with women specifically and what you find works best with fasting and carbs around exercise and why? Yeah, big question, but I can, I can for sure. Um, and those were such great interviews. I know it felt like there was a lot of conflicting information, but but I do want to circle back in the end to like a lot of overlap that I heard. So I think we'll come back to that because there was, um, some, some good like themes throughout. So I think if, if anyone hasn't heard those go back and kind of hear what you can hear that, that does speak to the same things. And I'll point out some of those today too. Um, so I want to start by saying this, right. Which is that like, no matter what, like whichever, those were two brilliant experts. And we heard two very different opinions about a lot of things, but I want to make sure that the big point is that no one knows what's right for your body. Right. So for you, Shannon, for me, Catherine, like there is, there is not a single person out there, not one who can say exactly what is best for your body. And I think it's kind of funny. We have this like appreciation and understanding of personalized healthcare when it comes to like healthcare, right? If I were going to go to the doctor, I certainly don't take the advice that my doctor gives to my husband as far as prescriptions or medication or labs, right? And and so I go to my own doctor's appointment. And I think a lot of us need to come back to that reminder that nutrition is a part of healthcare, right? That what you are fueling your body with and the way that you're eating is, is going to be individualized. So for sure, I know all of us want like tips and advice, and we can do that. We can come up with generalized statements, but all of our nutrition studies, all of the research that these two experts are pulling from are based on population studies, right? And individuals and populations. And so they're making generalizations. So that's kind of the biggest thing that I can remind everyone is like, we talk about this a lot in Evlo of like, 
here's the tools and the tips that we can share with y'all, but you need to go in and kind of figure out what that, how that works for you and how to personalize it. And I know you and I both agree, Shannon, I'm like, there is no quick fix, right, to the best health for someone's body. And so it will take time. And I think that's what a lot of people have to like slow down and adopt is that you are probably going to have to tweak and you're going to take some of what I say, as well as what Dr. Bickman and Dr. Sim said, and figure out what's going to work for you. So that's not answering your question directly, but that's my like caveat to start with. Well, and I think that, I think, you know, we all want the answer. What do I do? But yeah. The, the truth is, is that we don't have the answer for you, like you were saying. And I also think people are so afraid. There's, there's so much fear around this. Like, oh, if I try this, is this going to be, if this, is this going to have irreparable damage to my body? And the truth is probably not like tweaking your nutrition and trying things probably isn't going to have irreparable damage to your body. So there's really, I mean, for the most part, very low risk to just like tinkering with this. And that's what we really want you all to do. Right. Yes. Yes. Well said. I agree fully, but let's get into it a little bit. Right. So when we talk about carbs that I'll start with that one, like, gosh, people have some opinions about this one. So I'm going to offer mine and my suggestions as well, but there's a lot, we've all heard all the opinions, right. And we've seen the nutrition swings as it relates to carbs big time. I think we've all seen like the you know general American diet can way overdo carbs, right? Think modern American breakfast and snacks and lunches and dinners, like they are very carb heavy. And I'm not saying that I think that is the best diet for most people. But on the flip side, when we learn like, okay, maybe, maybe we shouldn't eat so many carbs, then people go to like no carbs and cutting out all carbs. And I see this a lot with clients where they have completely eliminated every, every midget of, you know, every morsel of carb that they can in their diet. And if you're a male, or if you're not someone who's very active, if you sit most of the day, or you're not able to be active, then maybe that is good for you. And maybe for some of you females, but my opinion about carbs is that our brains like glucose, our muscles like glucose, our hormone systems and our organs like glucose. Carbs are rich in what we call prebiotics, which is amazing for our digestion and feeding those bacteria in our gut. If we don't have enough carbs, our bodies actually pull from muscle and that ends up slowing down our metabolic function. And as well, going low carb can slow our thyroid function, not to mention like all the nutrients and micro minerals and minerals that are in carbs. So all this to say, carbs are not the enemy, right? Maybe we've overdone it at times, but I think we need to back away from this idea of black and white, all or none kind of thing when it comes to carbs. So there's a fine line. We want to get enough to garner all those benefits that I just talked about, but not so much that it negatively impacts your health. And, and I think the other thing, again, coming back to that individualization is that I've seen people who can get into ketosis eating 75, hundred grams of carbs or even higher. Right. So it's all dependent on how much activity you're doing and how much stress your body is under. And yeah, if you're someone doing a lot of hit workouts or running or a lot of cardio, then you are going to need more carbs than someone who's not doing as much as that. And the same thing would be true for how many how much hormones you have in your body and how many carbs you need. So I do think it's very individualized. I think probably like moderate carb is a good place to start for a lot of people. Generally, I recommend like hundred grams as a great starting place for a lot of people. And again, we talk about this way more in our macro series with Evlo. Um, but I think that is kind of how I think about carbs. Um, 
As for fasting, I like to think of fasting as a healthy stressor, not simply because it might raise cortisol, because there's definitely, as we heard, some conflict of opinions about whether or not fasting raised cortisol, but because it's a stress on your body. But here's my opinion about that, right? Which is that a healthy amount of stress is actually good for us. Like most of us know that strength training and occasional HIIT workouts and crossword puzzles and wordles, right? Like these are all stresses on our body, right? They challenge us. They stretch our bodies beyond their normal capacity. And that is not a bad thing, but we also know that too much of that can become a bad thing. So Dr. Bickman spoke to the benefits of intermittent fasting. And I agree that there are some impressive, amazing benefits to fasting and it can be a great tool. But Dr. Sims also pointed out that there's very few studies on this, right? So if we're going to cite the research, I did some digging of my own just to kind of compare what was being said. And most of the studies, there's there's very few, if any, studies that are large population-based studies on intermittent fasting. Many of them were done on women in Ramadan. So looking more at um, full day fast rather than intermittent fasting. And again, just a different population. And then a lot of them are associative. So they're based on mice and they're based on other studies that show caloric restriction. And if that's the case, then we might assume that intermittent fasting is going to do the same thing. So for those of you out there who are research junkies, there's just not a lot of data to back up whether or not fasting is going to be great for you. So that takes us back to this idea that you have to play around with it. You've got to figure out, try it for a while. No, I don't think fasting for a period of time is going to be that damaging and it might make you feel amazing. But if you start to not feel amazing or feel like your workouts are suffering or you're not sleeping or some other things that we'll talk about later are starting to happen, then maybe we dial back on the fasting. I think the other thing that we miss with fasting a lot is that it doesn't have to look one way, right? So I talk with a lot of people about just fasting from dinner to breakfast and making that a 12 hour fast versus the nibbling, the late night snacking that a lot of us get into. Um, I have some women that really like to fast one or two mornings a week and that's it and not anymore. Right. So it doesn't have to be like all in again, when I, when I'm doing intermittent fasting, I have to be fasting every day until noon, 16 hours without fail kind of thing. Yeah. So <laughs> that no, that was extremely helpful. And I love that you are kind of in the middle with this. You're just like, listen, we don't really know. We don't really know how it's going to affect your body. So maybe give us some tools that we can use to know, am I, okay, I'm trying this. Am I on the right track? Yeah, for sure. Um, And I want to come back, help me remember to come back with fasting specifically as it relates to hormones. So let's come back to that in a minute, but great question since we just got into that of like, what am I looking for? Right? Like, what am I noticing if I've been fasting for a while and maybe think I need to change it up or am I just not getting enough fuel. And so I would say common signs and symptoms that I see, um, always feeling cold or especially like if you start to notice if you're fasting, this started to happen to me where I would get really cold in the mid morning, right? Like during the working hours, I would start to notice that my body temperature was dropping pretty low. And it turns out that I think I was just overdoing the fasting in that season of my life. Right. Um, struggling to gain, to gain muscle, sorry, or an inability to, to like see muscle tone, especially for those of you doing Evlo, you should be progressively increasing in weight and see your ability. Those work are amazing. Right. And so if you're doing them right, you should see that. And if you're not, then it might be a lack of protein or just a lack of nutrients in your diet. 
an inability to, to lose weight could certainly come from not eating enough, not fueling your body properly. Um, a lot of different hormone issues. So I see a lot of missing periods, spotting during your cycle, or even like heavy periods frequently can be a sign that you're not getting enough nutrients. Um, excessively low heart rate or low blood pressure. I know, especially in the athlete community, we tend to kind of prize these things, but too low is not good either. So we don't want to see that um, chronically fatigued. And especially I see this with a lot of people, but just not feeling motivated to exercise and independent of like, I have a lot going on, but just like, I can't muster up the energy to, to like even do a low intensity exercise right now. And that can be a sign that you just don't have enough fuel. Um, brain fog's another one. And then I would say waking up throughout the night or having trouble falling asleep. Those are biggies. There's other things like, you know, brittle, brittle hair or nails or cracks on the corner of your mouth, um, lack of interest in food. Those tend to come later. The things that I started with are things that I would point to first, Amazing. um, signs that show up. Yeah. That's really helpful. And just you Evelyn members that you do an entire video about this in the very first, um, nutrition program. So for those of you who want to go back and dig in deeper into this, um, Mm -hmm. but I think that was a great first starting point. So do you want to touch a little bit on hormones and fasting? I mean, I know, I know you did just now, but is there more that you want to talk about as, as it relates to that? Yes. And I I would love to, because that's kind of my sweet spot. Um, but don't let me talk too long. So I would say when I think about, again, we talked about fasting as a stressor. So when you ask about hormones, I think both about adrenal hormones and sex hormones, right? So two different types of hormones, but all kind of work together, thyroid hormones as well. They all work similarly or sort of together in our bodies, not in the same way. But when we think about fasting as a stressor, any kind of stress, especially for females, if we're, if we're speaking primarily to females here is going to reduce those hormones, right? It's going to suppress how they function. Because if you think about like women's bodies are built to protect us and they will slow down functions that are not essential, like thyroid and metabolism and sex hormones, right? These are not essential functions for you to have a baby if you're under a lot of stress. So especially as it relates to fasting, sometimes overdoing the fasting or not eating enough can kind of give your brain the signal that everything else needs to slow down. That's why we see constipation a lot of times when people aren't eating as much. Um, one of the best things that I think women can think about, and Dr. Bickman actually pointed this out at the end of the talk is to really minimize the fasting when, when your body is trying to make progesterone. And so I work with a lot of women and most of us have never been taught about hormones. So go find a hormone chart online. If you haven't seen sort of like your monthly pattern of what your hormones look like, but for most of us, that's around day 21. So we're looking at sort of the third or the fourth, or just generally the second half of your hormone cycle, right? From day one to day 28 is when your body is really working hard to make progesterone. And we do see studies that show that fasting or under eating in that time can really suppress how much hormone you make. And progesterone is like our calming hormone. It's, it's my favorite. It's like the anti-anxiety hormone. We want it around. We start to lose it in perimenopause and endomenopause first, long before estrogen. And it's the one that when it starts to go, a lot of us start to feel more anxious and put on weight. So that's the thing that I would say about fasting as it relates to hormone is if you're going to play around with fasting, try to minimize the number of hours or the frequency that you fast in that third, if not also fourth week of your cycle. And I think that's the biggest thing that women can think about as it relates to, to hormones. That's super helpful. And by the way, anyone listening to this that wants to track these things a little bit, the flow app, you recommended it, Catherine, it is excellent. I use it and it is, it tells you where you are in your cycle. It gives you so much great information. It's, I think it 
I think I pay for it, but it's worth it to me. It's like super helpful. So for those of you listening that are like, when do I, how do I know where I am in my cycle? That's a great tool to use. Well, and Dr. Sims actually has her own app as well. That's wild AI, I think. And that one's another great one. It's specifically for females and for active females. So I think it does a good job of kind of pointing out where you are in your cycle as it relates to like training and fasting as well. I love that. Speaking, speaking of exercise, um, you know, Dr. Sims was talking a lot about women that are training for performance. They're training, you know, maybe they're doing CrossFit type workouts or they're doing lots of high intensity exercise and they're really training to improve their performance. I think that there's different goals when it comes to fitness and a lot of my audience, and I know the Evelyn members, our goal is not necessarily to like run a race or perform at our best. It's just, we want to be healthy. We want to maybe improve our body composition. We want to feel good. And so therefore I always recommend, you know, muscle building workouts that are less systemically stressful on your system. So you'll see an Evlo, you know, we're doing, we're doing, um, more muscle isolation, quote unquote exercises. We're not doing these big giant movements, these power lifts, these things like that. And so because of that, it is less systemically stressful. It's less, there's potentially less, um, you know, stress hormones that are spiked. So in that case, would it be less crucial to eat around your training and eat as many carbs and eat as much as, as you would, if you were doing the more intense training? Yeah, absolutely not as important. Right. I think that was the original question, but like, um, big difference, right? So what are your goals, right? If like you're pointing out, if your goals are to compete and to lay down muscle quickly and to kind of be an extreme athlete, then much more important that you're not fasting, that you're eating, you know, adequate, if not abundant carbs and protein that you're eating within that window that we've heard about before, if not, yeah, not nearly as important for a lot of people. And I think that also layers in that piece of, of stress that I was talking about earlier in terms of like under eating both carbs and fasting too much, right. As a stressor on your body, if your workouts aren't as stressful on your body, then you probably have a little more room to play around with going lower carb or to play around with fasting, intermittent fasting more often. If your workouts are kind of like tanking your stress bucket, if you will, then that's going to make it harder for you to play around with some of those toggles. So for sure, the types of exercise you're doing matters. And I think for a lot of people that are doing Evlo, Evlo workouts are incredibly hard, but not in a stressful way on your body. So I don't think it has the same impact. I don't think it's as important that we eat, that we stress over eating within that, you know, whatever that window that we hear is 30 minutes to two hours, depending on the expert that you're talking about. Um, I do think it's important to try to eat after a more intense workout though. And oftentimes that can be an Evlo workout. I mean, I do plenty of Evlo workouts that are intense for my body without being burpees and squat jumps all the time kind of thing. And we're also not saying you're, you're, I think you're also not saying like, do like, that means you can fast forever. Like maybe not necessarily. It's just, and I will say anecdotally, um, I used to fast and just for the audience, I am not, I am totally unbiased to this information. I just like to learn, um, and tinker with my own nutrition. Um, but I did used to fast. And once I started working with you, Catherine, you were kind of assessing my body and and you were like, I think you should maybe stop fasting, eat before and after your training and, you know, up the protein, up the carbs a little bit. And I will say that once I started doing that, I gained, 
I, my body composition changed a lot. I did gain a lot significant, you know, for me, I, I have a hard time gaining muscle, but I did gain muscle. And, and so even though I was doing the Evla workouts and I didn't change my training at all, I did change the way I was eating and that can change everything. So, um, and yeah, I think you're not saying like, don't fast or do fast. You're just saying that you should take into consideration the symptoms you're experiencing and your own stress levels and is fasting another stress that you're able to tolerate. That's right. Exactly. And reminder that it might be different from day to day, right? So just like we do different workouts from day to day, what you eat might need to adjust from day to day too. Right. So again, back to that idea that like, I mean, I personally, right. Catherine now speaking, like I fast once or twice a week through the mornings, but only on the days that I don't, you know, that I don't do an intense or any kind of workout for me. Um, so I think it, it can look different from day to day. It doesn't have to be like the same all week long. Totally. Absolutely. So let's, there were some stark differences in the two podcasts with Stacy and Ben. And it's so interesting. Peyton and I were talking about this. I actually brought these two experts on, um, and, and they took, it took a different turn than I was expecting, but what I loved is that they had a lot of themes that were similar, a lot of themes that go against kind of traditional fitness advice. And we can share what you, what you thought the similarities were. One of them that I loved was that this whole eat less, move more thing. Both of them kind of agreed, like that might be an oversimplification and maybe not necessarily recommended for people that are active. I thought that was awesome. And that's kind of something that I harp on a lot. Like, let's not worry about calories we're burning. Let's not worry about obsessively tracking how much we're moving. Let's think about moving smarter, not harder. So I would love to hear kind of your, the similarities that you found and the takeaways from these two episodes. Yeah, um, there were, there were quite a few similarities that I heard. I think I texted you afterwards, like, no, I actually hear a lot of overlapping themes here. I think the biggest that you pointed out was like this idea of eating enough, right? So whether you're fasting or not, both experts harped on making sure that you are eating adequate, not abundant, not excessive, right? But eating enough to fuel what you're doing. And I think as it relates to fasting, like the conversation was, if this keeps you, if fasting keeps you from being able to eat enough and refuel your workouts, then it might not be a great fit for you. And I think part of Stacy's big point, right, was that we have such an opportunity to refuel after our workouts that, that like you might be undermining your workout if you don't work on getting a meal in at some, you know, in some amount of time after your workout. But both of them, whether it was around your workout or not, talked a lot about eating enough. And again, this idea that you're saying, the sort of myth busting of sort of eating, eating less, moving more, not being what most of us um, recommend for sure. They also talked a lot about how constantly tracking your food and your workouts is probably not helpful for a variety of reasons. And and there was even some similarities in their reasons. I think um, both of them talked about how estimated the estimation of calories burned during your exercise, we all know is pretty inaccurate, right? You've talked about that before. Um, there, there, so like so many generalizations, I think when people start adding on like calories burned for my workout, then it gives you this sort of false sense of uh, like, almost like security. Like I can go eat another meal. Cause I just burned another 300 calories when a, that might not even be accurate and B it tends to sort of like fuel this idea that we can burn our food off through our exercise or that that's why we're even exercising in the first point. Right. Um, so I did hear that from both of them in the sense that like tracking your calories and your food is probably not that helpful. They also talked in that sense about like 
there's unless you have you know access to really high tech equipment and can step on it yourself, it's unlikely that you know just how much you need. So I think there's a lot of just sort of common themes there. And I'm all for tracking at certain times. We talk about it in our macro plan. I think there is a time and a place for tracking, but I don't like to see people having to rely on tracking over and over. I think for most of us, that takes the attention off paying attention to all those signs that we just talked about and instead spending more time focusing on a device and sort of external feedback when our bodies can actually tell us what's going on a lot of times. And I think lastly, the other thing that they both very much agreed on was that strength training is where it's at. Um, So really in support of Evlo and that type of workout in in that being such a critical piece of women's health for sure. Yep. Yep. I was going to say that if you didn't say it, because that was one piece that I loved that both of them harped on. And even Ben was saying like, you know, he was talking about metabolism. He was talking about how you, you just cannot know how many calories you're burning throughout the day. You can guess and maybe you can get close, but, and I, I told him during that interview, I was like, I don't even, I don't recommend tracking your calories out. Like I really do not. And he's, he was like, good. He's like, it's, he said it, he, I'm going to use his words. He said, it's a fool's errand. (laughs) So it's, and, and I love like, from, like you said, from a mental standpoint too, it kind of bastardizes our relationship to exercise and makes it seem like, Oh, exercises are punishment for what I ate last night, the glass of wine that I drank last night or whatever it is. And it becomes this deathly spiral. I think that many of us have fallen victim to. So, sure. Yep. Yep. So let's end with kind of one question to wrap it all up. There is so much fitness information out there. And I know our members get really confused and overwhelmed and you know, what to believe that everyone has such convincing viewpoints. What are kind of some general recommendations that you recommend for most active women? Let's say for the Evla members and we, you know, we have nutrition programs where you get tons of information, but what are some like kind of general recommendations? Yeah, I would say for sure. If you want my general recommendations, go listen to the Evlo modules because I do a lot there. Um, But the themes are probably like first and foremost to pay attention to your body and and to slow down enough, right? That doesn't have to mean that you stop doing what you're doing and have Zen moments all day, but to slow down enough in the day to tune in to the signs and the symptoms that your body is sending you and assume, this is one of my favorite things ever, but assume that maybe your body has something smart to say, right? I think so many of us come from this place of like, my body is broken. I can't get it to do what I want it to do. And I'm always trying to remind, especially women that like, maybe your body's trying to protect you, or maybe your body's trying to help you see something, right? Like maybe those cravings are for a reason and not always, but assume that maybe your body is trying to tell you something smart and in line with that, like do your best to stop multitasking when you're eating, like slow down chew your food, breathe. Right. And again, just kind of check in on your body and be present with that type of stuff. Um, another big theme that I would say for just about anyone out there is try not to be afraid of foods. So stop labeling foods. And if you find yourself labeling foods as good or bad or off limits, or if you listen to experts who tell you to completely remove all food groups, I would consider expanding your sources and I'm not saying that I think all foods make all of us feel amazing, but what I am saying is that when we start listening to our bodies and we stop paying attention to sort of these labels, then we actually start to eat in a way that feels amazing. It's pretty cool. And I'm sure you've seen it, but I find so many Evo members that have followed the nutrition modules and clients that when, when you start to like pay attention to your body and eat in a way that makes you feel amazing, you end up eating 
like incredibly healthy, right? Like you don't want all of the junk anymore and you want to refuel with the good stuff, but it comes from like a totally different mindset, um, which I just love because that motivation is completely different. Um, totally. Then the last end, I'll, I'll, sorry to interrupt you. I just wanted to add to that. Cause like just with my own personal example, example, I think I had that with dairy. I thought that dairy was so inflammatory and so bad for you. I've never had any problems with dairy. And I recently, after listening to you a lot, was just like, screw it. I'm going to add Greek yogurt and cottage cheese back into my diet. And I'm so glad I did. It's so easy for me. It's such a quick source of protein. I feel good doing it. And I haven't had any issues. So not to say that there aren't any issues like under the hood, but it's like, it really can help you stay more consistent. Yeah. I mean, I I rethink everything, right? Like come back to your own self. And that was not one of my points, but I think that's such a good one is to like rely on what you can interpret more than what on someone else tells you. Cause I mean, for sure, some people don't do well with dairy. Not everyone does, but a lot of people remove foods just because it's like, you know, some expert told them that they didn't think it was great for them. Um, lastly, like, and that goes along with that, but the last thing I would say is to mix it up. Right. And we've talked about this a little bit about like trying not to find things that you, for sure. I like, I like routine and I think plans are really helpful and all of us want some kind of structure. So I'm not saying that, but I want you to look for flexibility within the structure, right. To see where you can mix it up, whether it be with foods and trying to make sure that you're adding variety, whether that's fasting, you know, taking breaks from fasting and not fasting all the time, not eating on the same schedule all the time, not doing the same workouts all the time. Right. So however it relates to what you're thinking of right now, like try to mix it up, try not to get in a rut with the same thing and sort of assume that what you're doing is the only way of doing it. Like you mentioned in the very beginning, I think we get so scared to change things. And then we, we lose this opportunity to actually like see benefit from, from mixing it up and changing things. So I think that would be the last thing I would say. Yeah. And something that works when you're 25 might not work when you're 40 and, and, and something that worked for you last week might not work for you this week. You might have different stressors or whatever, not sleeping well. Um, So I think that's something that I really am glad you touched on a lot because I really want our audience to take that away, take away the idea of tinkering, getting curious, knowing that it doesn't have to be like, if you try something, it doesn't have to be what you do forever. Um, But I think, I think one thing I will say um, is that we talked a lot of, uh, we talked about some really specific things. I loved the tracking the symptoms thing. Um, but if you want more like specific guidelines, you Evelyn members, you have to go listen to all the nutrition modules and you can use them as like a podcast. Like you can press play and exit. You don't have to watch the video. So they put in your headphones while you're driving or whatever. Um, but we do give you, Catherine gives you some more specific guidelines of like, okay, here's a framework of what to try. Like, you don't know where to start. Here's what to try. And then, and then she gives you like, okay, So you've tried this for a week, a month, whatever. It's not working. Here's how to know if it's not working. And then here's how to tinker and try something else instead. Um, So I think it's really, and then once you figure it out, it's like, you know, you can kind of coast for a little while. Right. You can coast until you notice something different and then you tweak it. But at that point, you know, the tools, like that's the whole point of the modules that we created was to give y'all the tools to be able to like pay attention and to know what you're looking for. Like, what am I even paying attention to? Like, what am I noticing? And then like, how do I change it when I notice something not working? So yes, there's a wealth of information in those modules for sure. So, so much. There's two different programs. The first program 
is um, kind of, what do we call it? Uh, nourishing your fitness. And um, it's more like generalities. You want to talk about that one really quick? And then we can talk about the macros yeah, one. That one much more as like sort of foundations. And then we do, so there's, I think, nine videos where we go through um, everything from mindset to setting goals to like making a plan um, and much more like making a plan as it relates to food and nutrition, um, sort of what is nutrient density. I think we cover a little bit on strength training in that module as well, or those modules in terms of like how to eat for building muscle specifically as you're doing Evlo. Um, so we get into some of the nitty gritty, but I think of that one much more foundational. And then the second series of videos is more on building a macro plan. Um, and what I love about that one, you can speak to what you love, but is that we give you options, right? So there's, um, there's a numbers-based option for those of you data geeks out there who really like the tracking and like to get that feedback as you're learning what works best for you. And then there's a plan that doesn't require any apps or numbers, um, but really just gives you sort of a foundation to start with. Yeah. I, I personally like the numbers one just because I, I don't find that I obsessively track. Um, and it's, it's easier for me to kind of, and I don't always like do it perfectly for sure. Especially on the weekends, I kind of like let it all go and just eat kind of enjoy. Um, but I do love that there is, cause some people are like, I'm so overwhelmed with tracking. Like, I don't want to like count every little thing and you give us a tool, an awesome tool, um, in case, in case you don't want to. So I think it's, I think it's awesome. Like that program, the information in that program changed everything for me. So go listen if you haven't. Hey, good. Yes. Hey. Anything else that we want to cover Catherine before we wrap up? I think that's all. I think that was, um, I mean, again, I loved those experts and actually love having different opinions on your podcast. So I really enjoyed today being able to kind of talk about similarities and differences and how your listeners can then like take bits and pieces of that and play around with it and figure out what works for them. Yes, absolutely. We're never trying to pin one expert against the other. It's just, let's take this information and figure out how you can use it in your own life. So sure. Yeah. So Catherine, how can um, our listeners find you? Yeah. So um, you can find me on Instagram at Catherine Andrew nutrition, um, or my website is katherineandrew.com. And I do individual nutrition counseling and a group program coming soon. Um, so you can reach out to me through either of those places. Amazing. Thank you so much, Catherine. And for you listeners, we will see you all next week. Same time, same place. Bye for now.